Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 36 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Andrew, and with me today is Pastor Mike Freeman. And today we are going to begin our discussion on families, building strong families. As a matter of fact, actually, about a couple weeks ago, we put out a survey asking people, what, what kind of things would you like to discuss? Because we know, we know that you are discipling your kids. We know that you are a missionary in your workplace, among your friends and things, and we want to come alongside you and help. And we asked you, what are some challenges that you face, whether it's in the home or in the workplace or among your social circles? And today we're looking at Christ-centered families. What are the struggles that we as Christians, as people who are trying to pass on Christ to the next generation, what are the struggles that you face when building a Christ-centered family. And one of our listeners wrote in, how do you break the ice? Like, how do you just start and build a solid foundation? So I am excited today to speak to you, Mike, about doing that. Because I don't have a family, but you do. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and you, uh, you've got some solid things going on, man. So. Well, we, we do. We, I do have a family, and we do, uh, we do try to stumble our way toward figuring out how to disciple our kids and, and have a home that really honors God and is uh, a place of joy and of mm-hmm. hope. And so this is a, this is a great question. I, I love this yeah. question because it shows, man, I, I want to figure this out, you know? Yeah. I love the heart behind this. And, you know, actually as part of our mission statement as a church is that we want to build, you know, Christ centered families. We want to build strong families. So it's, it's great that we're even talking about how do you, how do you even start? So, yeah. So with that said, Mike, I mean, like how, how does one start a family? How do you want to start a family? <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we need to find out where the single ladies are, Andrew, and uh, the, the godly women, and, and we can go from there, you know? Really, though, uh, beyond looking for the ladies and, uh, and trying to figure that out, man, how, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm doing well. I, it's interesting that we as a church, like I said, our, one of our, part of our mission statement is to build strong families, and part of that, though... I, Man, last year we put all our eggs in this basket. Is just starting was the gospel project, mm-hmm. you know, and I love seeing what's happening. I right now we have the gospel project being ran again uh, in in youth ministry because of COVID. We had to take a, a long pause with mm-hmm. a lot of things, but I'm seeing students take home workbooks and actually do devotions and ask questions when they come back. I'm praising God for That's that. That's cool, man. You know, we have adults who are jumping in and looking at what's going on in their their Bible studies and asking questions, getting ready to talk to their kids about things like that. So actually, I mean, right off the top, right there is if, if you want a natural way to talk to your kids about Jesus and all those things, I would say get plugged in to the Gospel Project, whether it be the adults, the teens, or the kids' versions. That's a really helpful resource to yeah. get the family on the oh, same yeah. page. Yeah, 100%. Because it, it lends itself to the discussions. You're learning. As an adult, the same thing your teen or your child is learning, and you're actually equipped, you're given questions, and you're given a little piece of paper to lead kind of like a review study at home. So that's, that's a plug there. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, personally in my life, I'm trying to think what's, what's going on right now. I'm just a lot of working out. I'm, uh, I'm excited to work with people within our church right now. People are trying to get healthy, and they, they're asking about things they can do to, to be active. And you know what? I love that you started pickleball because I, I think people, when they come to me, they think of just about CrossFit. But the truth is, I, I just want people to be active. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be stewards of our body. God has called us to, to live well, mm-hmm. to steward our, these, our bodies. Yeah. And whether it's going for walks, going bowling, being active, we should, we should be doing those kinds of things. And I'm excited to mash 
personal fitness into ministry. And so that, that's what's happening there, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. What about you? I hear you've been doing a lot of painting. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, we finished last night. Fortunately, you know, you actually told me yesterday, I, I thought it was going to rain. Yeah. It didn't. And so I got the last of our back deck, really the, the parts that needed to be painted, painted and sealed. And so that feels really good just to know that our deck's going to not be rotting during that's the, awesome. the wet season. <laughs> so that that's feels really good. And um, just ministry is going well. Uh, things are busy, very busy and uh, really exciting. I mean, this series on Creed, yeah. um, just it's. We're, we're two weeks into it. People's eyes are lighting up. They're, they're thinking about some some great theological truth. I mean, this week, just talking about who is Christ, right? You're right. What is, it, what is the, the term Christ? Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And then talking about how he's the, the only begotten son of God. And then talking about our Lord. It's just really encouraging. And, and series like this, when you're just preaching the truth right. and allowing people just to marvel at Christ, kind of like our, you know, we have some guys that we met talking some theology yesterday. And yeah. We yeah. read some, some stuff and... Just the response after that is just, wow, like God is awesome. Mm-hmm. God is amazing. He is to be worshiped. And so I'm very, very encouraged by that. I'm really excited for this weekend. Uh, we have some guests, a guest speaker uh, and um, talking about some work that, that he and his wife are going to be doing um, on the other end of the world, mission wise. Yeah. And so really excited to have that voice at our church this weekend and seeing, I mean, this will be after the we're, we're talking before they come, but the podcast will end after they're here. Yeah, at the time of this so, is released, they will have already been here. Yeah. So um, I'm actually, actually, let's take a moment to talk about missions, if, if you don't mind for a second, because I love that missionaries are coming to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's, we forget, I think a mature Christian is on mission, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean overseas. That doesn't even necessarily mean going on short-term missions. As a matter of fact, if you only view missions as going somewhere like way out of on the other side of the world or whatever, that's kind of a, it's, 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 it's the underdeveloped thought, I guess is what I would say. But Mike, I, I guess assuming you already know what he's going to be talking about, I guess like, like right now, what if, if someone listening to that sermon and you know what? I'll probably link this to where you can find that sermon online as well. So you can find that description in the description. Mm-hmm. How would you in- encourage people to kind of start going down the road of being more mission oriented? Yeah. I mean, we could maybe do another podcast on this because right. yeah, I, I, I guess I'm asking for a flyby. But, but yeah. I'd start with prayer. Like, look at the people in your life that are not believers that you interact with regularly and simply start by praying for them mm-hmm. regularly and maybe even daily. Praying for them daily to to know the Lord, that God would soften their hearts, that God would give you opportunities for spiritual conversations. So you just begin simply with, with praying for them. The next thing is is start to, to have some spiritual conversations. So the, the simple one, I even mentioned this last week in a message. You know, just one of my favorite questions is, who, who do you think Jesus is? Right. Right, and that gets a conversation, and they, who knows? They, they might be all over the board, but you don't have to go and preach to them like, let me tell you, let me fix all your theology. Just mm-hmm. start with, who, who do you think Jesus is? And, and listen, right? I, and, and then from there, then you start to look for the ways that you can have those conversations move toward, can I share with you what the scripture says? Can I, can I right. share with you what, what history says about the, the historical Christ and his death and resurrection? And so in three simple steps, you know, start praying for them, start having those, those conversations that are just feeling them out and knowing where they stand. And then from there, look for those opportunities to, to talk to them about the reality of Christ. It's pretty simple, and, yeah. and it starts with where you are. You don't have to go to the other end of the world. In fact, that's part of why we're 
we're having these folks come and speak. Right. Because the more we see what God's doing all over the world, the more we're interested in missions over there, the more we'll be missionaries here and we'll, yeah. we'll have a missional life here. And yeah. so that's, it all works together in a pretty cool way. It does. And honestly, I am so excited for the future of our church as we move forward. Because like you just said, as we are more mission-oriented of what's going on in different parts of the world, and the more you're involved in that, you start to look at your own home through the eyes of a missionary. And that'll be really cool. Yeah, and even just to dovetail off that, I mean, we, we can be here all day, but, you know, I, a lot of times churches don't want to do the biggest kind of craziest thing to draw attention, to draw people. And it, sometimes that can be like a flash in the pan. Right. And, uh, and, 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 and those things can produce good things, right? I, I'm not knocking those as, as worthless completely. But, right. But, you know, when a church is healthy, they generally just grow nice and steady and slow because the people of the church are reaching out to those around them in, in relational, genuine ways. Right, someone comes to a big event where they don't know anyone, and and it's all kind of disconnected. And okay, it's a show, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's cool, right? And the gospel's preached, but right. you know what? You know what people really need? They need real Christians in their lives they who do. talk to them yeah. about real things, who care for them, mm-hmm. who love them, who invite them into their home, who who don't compromise on on you know like they, they don't live like a pagan, they live like right. a Christian, yet they engage people where they are. That's how people really come to faith. That's really how lives are changed, and it's slow and it's steady and it's not you know um maybe as alluring as a big flashy ministry but but you know what it produces real genuine change and and people can sniff out right these people actually care for me right versus this is just a ploy to get numbers or something you know exactly so maybe i'm ranting a little bit but i i really i just come to the spot realizing genuine relationships consistently praying for those who don't know the lord consistently inviting them into um, areas where conversation deepens and relationships deepen and ultimately inviting them to know Jesus. That's that's missionary work right here in Longview in 21st century America. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, you use the word invite, and I know we didn't really talk about this before the show started, but I thought this might be a good opportunity to t- to speak to the church, church at large about our invite metrics. I don't know if you want to kind of speak into this for a second, but the idea that we're trying to be a little more intentional about inviting people to service or inviting people to be a part of our life groups. Let's let that be to be continued. Okay. Let's give our listeners this is this is a cliffhanger. All right. That it's like the, good. the end of a GI Joe episode when I was a kid. Tune in next week and we find out. Yeah. No, that's completely fine. So I do like that because it goes back to the idea that we just want to be intentional and and be missional here in our city as well. So I'm excited for this missionary. We'll see what happens uh, this upcoming weekend. You know what? I'm just going to assume right now it was great. It was great, guys. As you're listening to this, we can all say it was it was great. Wasn't it wonderful? Yeah, it was so wonderful. It's such a weird thing to record, knowing that we're going to release yeah. later. So, all right, Mike. So, the question of the day is, you know, what are the struggles that you face when building a Christ-centered home? And one of our church members wrote in, just even starting, breaking the ice, and building a solid foundation. So I think I think now would be an appropriate time to step into that because we are missionaries at home too, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. We want to raise up the next generation to follow Christ. So that's, I, that's like our primary ministry responsibility, right? It the is, home. Yeah. And so, you know, I read this and I I'm just kind of want to talk about it as if you're starting from scratch, okay. right? You know, you you don't get married and, and have kids and all of, all of a sudden you know exactly what you're doing when it comes to spiritually leading your household. 
And, uh, and I remember, I mean, there was years where we didn't do much at all. And, I, and the, what we do now as a family, it has grown and it has changed and it has transformed over the years as more experience happens, as you know, you run into different resources and you talk to other people who do it. And so my, my, my hope then is that for our listener, you know, I'm going to share a lot of thoughts and ideas, but, but my hope is this is encouraging. Don't feel like you got to fix it all in one day. Um, and, uh, and so if you're starting from scratch, I'd start by first of all, recognizing that if you've got younger kids in the home, it's going to be much easier to, to really start to disciple them than if you have older kids in the home, right? Because your older kids, they're, they're setting some habits, they're setting their ways more and more. And so making a change, it's going to require more work, which might require more of a runway to prepare yeah. for it and explain what's going to happen. And so I just say, first of all, recognize where you are in, in your life stage and your kids' life stage. If you got little ones, little ankle biters, man, it's going to be pretty easy to start something up. If you got teenagers, um, man, it, it's, expect some challenges and some pushback, but, but that's okay. Like the pushback's good. Um, don't be afraid of it. So if I'm hearing you correctly, I, I, I find that you are acknowledging that people sometimes get stuck in habits they, or routines that they already have. So starting kids younger is going to be easier because they don't have routines yet. But if you have kids in high school or maybe you have college age kids who are still living at home, they kind of have their own things going for them. So it's okay to maybe even pare down some of these steps and to, and to just start s- smaller but longer, right? When you use a runway, you're thinking like a smaller step, but just slowly building up and taking more time to do that. That's right. And, and, and you do this recognizing, you know, if, you, if you're just thinking, I'm going to do family devotions or family worship, and that's going to be the be-all, end-all. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually a, a small vision of what we're talking about. When we're talking about building strong families that are centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ— we're talking about a holistic view of what life looks like in Christ, what life looks like knowing the gospel and knowing the commands and the word of, of the Lord, right? So this goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, right? Oh, yes. And this is, you know, Deuteronomy, this is the second giving of the law, right? And so we're talking about law here and God's commands, not just to honor him and glorify him, but commands to thrive and to live in community in a way that, right. that produces thriving and and you know, not prosperity, like get rich quick, but like human flourishing. Right. And so why don't you go ahead and read from Deuteronomy six for us? Yeah, this is Deuteronomy six, starting at verse four. I'll probably end at verse nine. It says "Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord, your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Yeah, and so you know, we, there's a lot to be said about this, but but just in, in sum, right, this is, this is to point really for the next generations, like like adults are pointing to the next generation saying this grand theological truth, God is one. He is the one true God. He is God Almighty. He is to be worshiped and adored. And his commands, they should saturate the entirety of your life, right? And so what this tells us is if you if you try to do just like, hey, we're going to do family devotions one night a week, and, and then the rest of our life is disconnected from the truth of the gospel of God, 
uh, you're not going to succeed. It's not going to work. So, right. so my, my first encouragement, if you're sitting there, okay, I'm, I'm starting from scratch. I want my family to know Christ. I want to have a, a home that honors the Lord. Well, then I think you've got to recognize, man, you, you're saying I want all of my life to, to obey and to live in the gospel. And so this means things like, you know, if you, if you go to church once a quarter or if you go to church once a month, if you're not regularly part of the worship service, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to struggle with family worship. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a priority if, if the things like, you know, corporate worship and, and honoring God together with the saints, if that's not part of your life. I'd even go further to say things like, you know, if, if you're not, you know, serving in, in ministry, if you're not doing things that are getting outside of your, yourself and your routine and what you want to actually benefit the church and, and serve on mission, right? If, if you're not known as a believer in the workplace because you keep it hidden and you don't tell anyone about it, all of this is connected. We're not talking about one category is family worship and another category is Sunday worship and another category is my, my work life and another category is my, you know, what I do for fun or my hobbies. Right. It, it's Christ saturating everything. It's, it's through and through the entirety of who you are in your life, right? Mm. And so I guess that's just my, I'd start with saying you should be striving for this everywhere. All of your life should be centered on who God is and what he's done for us in Jesus Christ. Right? So correct me if I'm wrong. So what I'm hearing is if you are wanting to build a family that's Christ-centered, it it also stems from you as an individual living a life that is Christ-centered, not just Christ-adjacent. Yeah, that's a good word, man. But Christ-centered yourself. So I, I think it would be to be expected or maybe it would make sense if someone is listening to this podcast now and hears what you're saying and agrees with you but now is like oh man I'm not doing those things and they feel guilt and they're like oh man I can't even leave my family if I can't even leave myself and they feel really bad about that what would well, I guess would you have an encouragement for them in in that because I it would be easy for them to listen to this now and be like well I can't do it yeah and maybe turn off the the show yeah so the the Christian faith is is the one faith that is built on grace that's right right every other religion is built some somewhere along the lines it's it's built on works and and you earning something or you you being good enough that that's not how the gospel works the gospel actually says that you you and i we've we've failed and we're hopeless and helpless and and because of the grace of god and and jesus christ we have been saved we've been rescued we've been redeemed we've been given a new heart and so that new heart is what's working inside of us saying, oh man, I should be in service. I should be in worship. I should be leading my family, right? That new heart is giving us a new desire. And we recognize there's a gap between that desire and our ability. Right. And so this is, this is a call for growth. It is. And, and it's not instant, you know, strike a match and your life's changed forever and you're perfect. No, it's, it's day in and day out, little by little, plodding forward, mm-hmm. little adjustments, um, falling and getting back up falling and getting back up and i like to say you know it's stumbling our way toward holiness right none of us has it figured out none of us is perfect none of us wakes up every day and goes to bed every night saying nope today i nailed it (laughs) right like oh man that'd be a great day if that happened for me but that's not how it works it's there's some success and there's some failure every day yeah and i I was gonna say if i can jump in for a second we've talked about this in past past episodes but sometimes when you, f- actually most times, when, when you feel a conviction of something in your heart, you feel uh, that shame or that guilt or something in that, well, actually, that's an opportunity right there to be washed in the gospel. And what's happening in that moment is that the Holy Spirit 
is calling you deeper and calling you closer. So this isn't like a a shackle being put upon your feet to like get over here, you know. It's actually the spirit setting you free from these expectations and calling you into grace, into love for you to grow into these things. So there's something wonderful happening in your heart right now and we just like well let's pray that we respond appropriately. Yep. So yeah, yeah. That's right. And that actually moves us to if we talk about okay, well then how do I start leading my family spiritually and and you know as as a, the dad the head of the household man you, this is this is on you primarily but it's you and your wife together uh, to you know recognizing we, we're in this together and and I recognize you know this might mean you're a single mom and, and you're trying to figure it out well mm-hmm. some of these, these same principles apply right ideal situation doesn't mean you don't try Right, or if the situation is not what, what the lack like of to, an ideal situation, yeah, exactly. You don't try, yeah. And so, the, I would say if you're going to start making some changes in your family, the, the very first posture is is how you approach God. And so, I'd say the first thing you do is you you, you go to God and you confess to Him. You, you confess a few things, maybe you confess, you know what, I've been selfish, and so I haven't been focusing on honoring you in, in my home, or or maybe you confess uh, I've been lazy. You know, I think as a guy that I've been there before. There's times where I've been lazy. I've been more interested in what I could watch on TV or, or what I can pursue in terms of hobbies okay. and fun. And so confess, I've been lazy. Or, or maybe confess like um, you've been insecure, mm-hmm. right? Like I, because I'm not sure how to do this, I have just like ignored it. Mm-hmm. I think that was part of, especially when I was a younger guy with uh, brand new kids and all that like, I just was insecure. Like, I, I don't know how to do this. How can I lead my family? I like, I'm, I don't have the tools. Right. And so going to God and just confessing those things, God, I, this is where I am. This is me in my broken state. And in that confession saying, God, I, I desire something to be different. I desire a change. And I really am desperate for you to help me. So in this context, this is not you leading your family. It sounds like this context is like, is in your personal relationship with the Lord, as you are feeling that conviction to lead that family, it's okay to be up, up front and be honest with the guys and God, I, I have not done this. And again, we're assuming that this has not happened at all in, in the house. So coming forward and just being honest and being honest to why this hasn't been happening, whether you've been distracted by idols or you have been intimidated by the call, or you just, like you said, just have been ignoring it. Right. Okay. So I like that. So that opens that honest and di- like honest and sincere dialogue where Christ can really start to reign in, in someone's heart. Okay. And you know what else it does? It makes you free, right? Because if you are, if you are bound by your guilt and your, your, you know, your selfishness and your insecurity and all of that, and you're trying to lead your family and you haven't actually gone to God and confessed those things, then you know, you're doing it on your own. And it's a hard, I mean, it, it's impossible. I'd say, you know, you, you, you sense that hypocrisy you sense that failure. All of, you're just overwhelmed by that. But if yeah. you've gone and you've gone to the cross and you've said, Jesus died for all these things. They've been washed away. These no longer define me. Now you are free. And so when you step up with your family, you, you can say to your family, you know what? This ain't going to be perfect because I'm not perfect, but this is what God wants. And we're going to we're gonna stumble our way toward it, right? That's a great line. Like We're going to stumble our way toward it. And that kind of gets us to that next category. Not only do you confess to God, but then you you probably sit down and you clarify with your family. You kind of have a, a moment where you say, hey, he, he, some things are going to change. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to try some things. And you just be up front. We, we might fall on our face. We might be inconsistent at, at first. 
We, we might have some moments where it works and we might have some moments where it's super awkward and it might even feel lame at times, but, but just clarify with them. Say, we're going to try this. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take time together as a family. We're going to open the word of God. We're, we're going to pray together. We're going to focus on the things of God so that we can mature together, right? And I think that clarity with them is really helpful. And especially with your older kids, because you're going to probably want to clarify some expectations with them. You, you, you want to clarify, hey, when we're doing this, uh, you're not on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> when we're doing this, you're, you're engaging the best of your ability. When we're doing this, you know, I'm going to ask you to, to read from the scripture. And uh, I'd like you to have a good attitude. Mm-hmm. And you, you might not find this the most enjoyable thing in the world. You might not be excited about it. But if you're mopey and, and kind of given the bad attitude, that's not going to help us. And so uh, just clarify from the beginning. I, I want you to approach this in good faith, giving it your best recognizing it's going to be hard at times, but because you know I love you and because I know you love me and because we know God loves us, we're, we're going to try. So clarifying some of those those expectations I think is really important, right? Because it's just, you know, it's that like, cleansing the palate in a sense. Right. Like, here we go, you know? Yeah, and when you're doing that, if you clarify expectations and you let them know like, man, I, I've been meaning to do this, it's been on my heart. And if you admit that we, we might just stumble through this, you're also setting your kids free in the sense that you're modeling repentance. You're modeling, hey, we're going to move forward together so that when your kids are older and they're discipling their own families, they know like, hey, my family, we started to go through this. I remember what it was like when we first started. And it's going to, it makes it okay for them to just kind of figure it out, right? Even if they, because they might have to refigure it out for their context when they, they're older. They may not have the opportunity to do it exactly the same way you right now are establishing it for your family. But the most important thing is that you are setting the example in just repentance and sincerity and grace. Yeah, and I be, think being real, inc- yeah. Yeah, that's incredibly important. Yeah. So, okay, so to recap so far, you, you basically started with like a, like a, a posture towards God and just being honest right there. And then addressing your kids, you kind of had a, a posture towards your, your kids in mm-hmm. that. Okay, so what's the next step then after you've kind of established expectations, I guess, with, with your kids and stuff? Yeah, this is when you actually, you know, this is when you step up to the plate, okay. right? You know, when you actually you got to end up doing it. Okay. And so for actually doing it, I mean, there's so much freedom. There's so much flexibility. This is not a lot. Here's your, your five steps for exactly how you should do it. Um, it's a journey, right? For me, it started simply like I simply started by praying for my kids out loud mm-hmm. with them every night. That's how it started. That was, and for years, that was the depth of our, our family discipleship okay. and worship. I mean, we would do Bible story and stuff like that. It, it, and yeah, I guess that was a key part of it, but it starts small, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when I was thinking, okay, what, what's the most helpful uh, way to, to get started? I, I thought about that acronym, keep it simple, stupid, right? The yeah. KISS principle, yeah. right? And so, so I want to change that up a little bit okay. and, uh, and I, you know, kind of add another S. But, but I'd say, first of all, yeah, yes, keep it simple, right? And so you're not looking to, you know, don't grab a systematic theology book, and, you know, don't say, you know, here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do right. all of these, you know, these 10 things every time we, we get together. Keep it simple. That means you, you, you want to do a few things when you do this, right? Okay. First of all, you want to interact with Scripture. You want to interact with Scripture. And so this can happen in a few different ways. Maybe this looks like um, taking the Valley Bible reading plan and, and just reading the New Testament portion out loud together. It's one chapter, five days a week. It gives you a little bit of margin so you have time on the weekends for worship service and to catch up if you miss a day. Okay. Um, 
one chapter will take you what three to five minutes to read out loud. Yeah. And so after that, maybe maybe you simply say, "Hey, I got two questions for you. What do you learn about about God in this passage?" Okay. Well, what do we learn? We, we talk about that. And then the next question is, okay, how are you going to live according to what we just read or what we just learned? Mm-hmm. Those are very simple questions. Anyone can ask that, right? Like you don't have to have a, a theology degree to ask those questions and right. read one chapter. Anyone can because that's how God's word works. Mm-hmm. And so that you, you keep it simple by interacting with scripture. Then you, then you pray. So sometimes when we pray, I'll say, what, what are your prayer requests? And I'll pray. You know, if, if you have... Uh, a dad in the household, I think it's really, really just powerful. Dad's praying for their, their family. Lead out in that, even if you're stumbled, even if it's short, even if it's one sentence for each kid, right? You got, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to pray for this kid. I'm going to pray for this kid. I'm going to pray for my wife. Uh, I'm going to pray for this issue. Amen. Right? You don't have to have this this um, elaborate, eloquent, long, drawn out, high and lofty right. prayer just just simply pray. And again, that models for your kids that they don't have to have prayer lives that are high and lofty. I, just sincere prayer is what God calls for, not articulate, vocabulary-rich prayers. That's right. Yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> another layer of keeping it simple is maybe memorize something together. Okay. And so, um, again, part of us trying to build strong families of valleys, every week we have a memory verse. Mm-hmm. And this isn't like a legalistic, everybody memorize this or else. It's just, it's an hey, opportunity. if you want yeah. to allow this week's message to sink in throughout the week, work on this verse together, right? It's a tool. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's what you do is you memorize that together. What we're doing as a family, I'm just going to throw a, a resource is we're using something called, um, it's, it's called Grace and Truth. It's a tag book or Truth and Grace is what it's called. And, um, and I, I sent you a link actually, so you can post that. Cool. As well. Yeah, I'll, I'll add that to the description here. And so, like, th- there's three different tag books, and they're for different ages. And so, for my youngest son right now, we're we just we started it this, this week, and we're we're loving it. And it's really fun because what it does is it's it's a, basically a catechism. Okay. So it teaches y- your kids truth um, in a way that is really just fun, right? And so, so hold up, do you, since I'm assuming if people are for the first time ever are doing this in their families, they probably don't don't know what a catechism is. Yeah. You want to define that real quick? Yeah. So what a catechism does is it's a list of questions and answers and it's meant to be memorized. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, you know, you ask the question and your child memorizes the answer. And so they're, they're memorizing truth. And so with Asher, you know, it's starting really simple. Right. And so question one, who made you? His answer is God made me. Right. And so we've been doing this every night. Who made you? Right. God made me. Next question is what else did God make? And then the answer is God made all things. Question three is why did God make you in all things? And then Asher is giving me the answer for his glory, right? And then so we stop there and we talk about glory. Yeah. And and how we define it, you know, glory is God's fame and his renown. And and so we basically say God made you Asher so that the world can know how awesome he is, right? And he kind of gets a smile on his face. We've been saying it every night. God made you so the world can know how awesome he is, right? And, this, and then the next question, it just goes on a little bit, is uh, how can you glorify God? As Asher's answer, he says, by loving him and doing his commands or what he commands. And, and it goes on. And, and so every few days we add another question, and, and but we start from the beginning. And, and there'll come a time where we probably will leave the first five off and go to the, mm-hmm. you know, just in time-wise. But, but catechism, what it does is it, it trains a child to know what is true, Right. And, and to get these this truth memorized in a way that, that helps them. And so it's kind of a fun thing we do before mm-hmm. bed. And so, again, 
this is how things have have evolved for us over years. This is not prescription. You have to do this with your kids, but but we find this really really helpful. Um, and so, in, uh, scripture, prayer, memory, and the last thing I'd say in keeping it simple is song. Okay, there should be a sense of joy in your family devotions and your family worship. Now, song means you, you maybe you don't play the piano. Maybe, maybe you're not gathered around someone with a guitar. That's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not musically inclined. I, I've, I probably don't know if I sing on, on tune ever, right? Right. I, I wasn't trained in that. It doesn't make a big deal I sit next me. to you. Yeah, I get it. <clears throat> uh, and so, but I, we, we sing together. Yeah. In our song, for a long time, we just simply sang the doxology. And that simple truth, really short, mm-hmm. we're adding things. Last night we sang... Um, Holy, holy, holy for the first time, all four verses. And we stopped between verses and we read them and we taught them and then we sang them. And, um, and we'll probably do that for the next month, just that one song right. in our family worship. Holy, 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 right? But what's happening is it's fun. When we start raising our voice, you know, there, there's some joy that comes into it. Yeah. You know, you look around and people automatically, they start smiling Kind of because it's awkward at first because we're singing together. And, you know, when we started doing doxology, it was really awkward mm-hmm. because it, we're not trained to do that. Yeah. But now that we've become accustomed to it, it, it it's it's really infusing joy and some excitement. And, you know, I sing loud, right? Yeah. And and so my kids sing loud and it's it's a... It's moving, man. It is. It, it's really wonderful. It, it's really a special moment for us that I would not trade it for... Um, watching the newest movie on TV together with them. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it, honestly, to do this week after week, daily. You know, we don't do it every day, but right. but most days we do. I wouldn't trade it for the most glorious adventure or, you know, like, uh, you know, vacation. Uh, I would rather do this for the next 18 years with my kids or, you know, however many years yeah. I have left with them because um, it is, it's binding us together as a family. It is shared um, joy. Yeah. It, it's cool. I, you, you say that and it makes me think of uh, an illustration, I guess, is oftentimes people don't want to sing because they are embarrassed by their voice. And I remember in my last youth group, we used to not do youth worship at all. And something happened one night and they, we started singing and I, I used to lead the worship in, in, in this. And w- as we were going through it, we, we were reminded, a kid, a kid made this illustration of like, you know, when you go to like a, uh, a child's recital at an elementary school and individually the child is like terrible at singing. But for some reason, collectively, when they all sing, it's incredibly moving. And when they're just singing their hearts out and something about that just spoke to the youth and it just opened up this joyous worship and we just stopped caring about how we sounded as individuals and realized like as a group that we were singing to our God. And it created like this amazing bond mm-hmm. in that. So I, I would just encourage people who are like, man, if, if they're not musically inclined, that's okay. Because God sees the joy in our hearts. And that's what he's going for is for him to be recognized and glorified. And you're doing that as a family unit at that moment. And that's, that's the powerful thing. And that's, there's a lot of joy. Even when you're sharing this right now, man, there's like the biggest smile on your face as you just talk about that moment for your kids. Well, now you're scowling at me. Yeah. But, <laughs> but. Well, let's, let's put the doxology in the notes also because okay. that's four lines that, um, you know, it's kind of intimidating to sing four verses, you know, and whatnot. But uh, I found it really helpful to start. Someone mentioned that to me, I don't know, a while ago, a couple of years ago. And um, 
four lines are pretty simple. You can get through it in you know thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and so it's not this this intimidating thing to, to sing. It's it's pretty simple. It's pretty short and sweet, and um, and so maybe if someone if, if you are saying I want to try that with my family, let, let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great way to start because it's not it's not long. Yeah, right. Which brings me to my, you know if we're talking about keep it simple, the next is to keep it short. I would say you know you should aim at fifteen minutes if you're starting off. Do not make it an hour. If you sit down and you have a, an exegetical Bible study and you look up word after word after word and you sit there for an hour, it's going to bore your, your family. It's going to be tedious. It's going to be, it's going to suck life out instead of pour life in. Keep it short, 10 to 15 minutes. Even now, we're, you know, we're, we're 20 minutes tops mm-hmm. in our family time and and usually it's more like 10 minutes. And does, does this happen every day for you guys? No, we do it. Um, well, this kind of gets me to, to my last point, okay. which is to keep it scheduled. And so we, for a long time, we were doing it at dinner time, mm-hmm. but we have found um, dinner time to be a difficult time for us, at least in the season we're in right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there's something happening after dinner as the sun's going down and I'm trying to get some outdoor stuff finished. Uh, you know, you know, you go to work all day, you come home, you got to get some stuff done. So I'm using those hours of daylight, those precious moments yeah, yeah. to get stuff done outside. And so we've been doing it before bed. Um, and so we do it. You know, four to five days a week. You know, uh, we don't do it Saturdays because uh, we have service usually. Mm-hmm. And so that it's just kind of hard to, to shoehorn it in there. And so we're not rigid or legalistic about it. We, you know, some weeks we get three. Some weeks right. we get all five. And we started this conversation with like, you're building into this. Yeah. So yeah, maybe five, six times a week is a lot for someone, especially for the older kids, as we talked about. Yeah so, yeah, so maybe you start with, hey, Monday nights, we're going to do this as a family. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you be up front, hey, we're going to, our aim is to get this, like, so we're doing it most nights of the week. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to do it Monday nights or, you know, or Sunday nights, you know, Sundays, the, uh, the, we take it as a Sabbath, the Lord's Day, maybe you start there. Mm-hmm. And so that, that keep it simple, keep it short and, and keep it scheduled. Like actually schedule it, say, we're going to do it at this time of the day on these days um, and, and just give it a shot, have some courage, try and, and you know what? I believe the Lord's going to meet you there. I believe the Lord's going to meet your family there. I'm, yeah. I believe he's going to use it for some great things because it's about him and his glory. It's about obeying his word out of the gospel that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. And so it's exciting stuff. And I honestly, I'd love to hear from folks if, if you do give it a shot or if you're trying it, or maybe you have your, your family worship and what you do. I'd love right in, let us know what you do. It'd, yeah. it'd be cool to hear, encouraging to hear. Um, there, there's, it's not a one size fits all. It's you, you do, you know, you take some of these principles and figure it out for your family. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's incredible. Mike, thank you for sharing that. And like Mike shared, if you have something that you do as a family, we would love to hear it. We'd love to engage with that. We'd love to just hear the different ideas because if you share that, you're probably giving ideas and inspiration to another family who's listening to this and they're, they're looking for different things to do, or maybe they're looking to establish their own rhythms as a family, as they continue to minister and to disciple and to grow as a family. So let's, let's be a community, write in, share with us, and uh, we'll, we'll share it on air and we'll discuss through it. And honestly, if you have a question about anything that we discussed today, if you would like more information or if you, man, maybe you even have a pushback, that'd be interesting. Go ahead and, and write in. You don't, you know, we, if you ask us to not share your name, we won't. And we would love to discuss the topic and just help anyone, anyone go deeper in this understanding so that God is glorified greater 
in, in your life and in the life of your family. So I think, I think we've come to the end of this topic, at least for today, Mike. Yep. So uh, let's go ahead and close in prayer. And then uh, I'll see you again for recording next week. No, actually, no, I won't. But we'll talk about that later. So. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much that you are a gracious Heavenly Father and that you have sent your Son, Jesus, to, to save us from our sin, that, that he has renewed us and restored us. He has made a way for us to know you and to be cleansed because of his death and resurrection. And God, it is, it is our deep desire as a church and as families to, to see our, our families know this truth, to see our kids washed in, in the grace of Christ, to see our kids joyfully pursuing you, knowing that they have freedom in you, they have hope, they have peace, they have, they have love and so, Father, I pray that you would, you would bless our feeble efforts to lead our families in worship. Uh, Lord, we, we just confess we are weak. It's easy for us to get distracted and, and um, to, to have everything else be put ahead of, of this. But, Lord, I pray, especially for those who are, are going to try maybe for the first time or retry after stumbling in the past, I, I pray that your grace would um, just encourage them and strengthen them it would give them the the opportunity to try and and that you would i pray that you would reward these families i pray that you would reward them with that hope yes, that is only found in christ and lord we pray this all in jesus name amen amen